1: This is episode number 114 with our guest, Trey Downs. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. You are tuned right into the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is a self-proclaimed blue-collar, hardworking guy turned entrepreneur. He is the founder and host of Your Superior Self podcast, a show that features leaders and artists in various industries and shares their stories. It's a way to help you push past your limits and achieve all you set out to do. I'm excited for this conversation, and our guest, help me welcome Trey Downs. What's going on, Trey?
0: Josh Carey. I love being on this show, like the hidden entrepreneur. like This is everything that I'm about, so thank you. It's an honor to be here, man.
1: I like that. You love it already. One minute in, you love it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I've been following you and doing some research just so I didn't look like, a, you know, well, uh, a complete moron on the show. So I wanted to follow up on you and make sure that, uh, you know, I, I, I found your reason uh, behind your why. So thanks, for, thanks so much for having me on the show.
1: Well, and thank you so much for saying that. So that just means you are what we call a professional. Right. You do. (laughs) You seem to do research. You seem to care. You seem to put in a little preliminary work, right? It helps.
0: Absolutely. You got to, you just can't show up and, and, and be, you know, varsity level uh, on the, on the go. You got to do your research and practice, right?
1: Yeah. And I like talking to um, a fellow podcast host because you get, you get uh, where this is all coming from as a host you have to you have to engage in the industry you have to indulge in the art and the craft in order to improve if that's god forbid what you want to do and preparation you know on both sides of the mic it it, it helps to uh to um prepare
0: mm, absolutely you got to you have to practice it's just like you know uh, you know, what's so funny is that every episode, like I'll just randomly, like each week, my practice is to write something up on the board. that has quotes in it. So I can, during each show that I do or a show that I'm a guest on, I can kind of look at for inspiration. It's funny you say that because I have a, 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 a quote up here that says champions don't become champions in the ring. They are, uh, merely recognized there. So, you know, each show, right? Like you, each show that I come and do and each show that you do, it's like you're being recognized for the hard work that you put in prior to that so it's like the Mm. practicing the you know you know many hours a week that I spend talking to myself in the car just practicing for episodes it's like you know that that whole idea that you have to uh you know that's that's how you get so much better at um you know clearly thinking you know doing that those mind practices and, and and being able to speak and communicate clearly
1: yeah, I I love that. I um I do a lot of the same too. Um, and then I find myself grabbing my phone safely and then quickly uh, hitting the audio record button because I don't want to lose a thought. I'm like, oh, I love that. That sounds great. Sounds great. Either something I want to say in a um in 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 an episode or a um, some sort of article, but just getting it out there. And like you said, just just rehearsing over and over and talking it through is mm-hmm. important.
0: And and not fearing failure either. It's um, putting it all out there for yourself and the listener. And it allows your listener to really see who you are because a lot of your true stuff comes out on the cusp.
1: Yeah. And is there really anything such as true failure?
0: Mm, not, not really. I mean, I welcome it. I, I love failure uh, because it's like, you know, you get to see, um, you know, one instance where you where you did not complete a task, or you didn't complete a task um, sufficiently, or you didn't achieve your goal, like just one instance, one act, and you can go back and always retrace your steps and learn how you failed, and then next time, next time that scenario happens, you will be more prepared for it. And I find that uh, everything repeats itself. Um, I, I found that in business and in life, where it. it <laughs> you are, you know, what is, what is insanity? What you, you know, you are what you repeatedly do. It's like, if you, you learn, keep doing the yeah, same yeah, thing yeah, yeah, and expect yeah, a different yeah. result. If um, <laughs> you got to learn from your failures. I mean, it, I have experienced, you know, events that just can repeatedly happen. And it seems like if I don't learn from my first failure, they're just going to keep happening. And, and I guess that's God or in a higher being saying, you have to learn this. Like I'm trying to teach you this this way. And it's, I love failure because it it makes me better. It's not failure, I guess. It's like a it's like learning, right?
1: Yeah. Your podcast is titled Your Superior Self Podcast. Tell me about that specific word superior. how did you come up with that? Why did you choose that specific word? What does it mean to you? Mm-hmm.
0: Ernest Hemingway, my friend. He is my favorite author, and his quote, um, true nobility is not being superior to your former man. True nobility is being, uh, superior to your former self. And mm. I love, you know, my favorite book is, uh, the sun also rises and this is his whole idea his life of going out there and just, I don't know, the whole romantic side of things going out and living in Paris and, um, some of his stories really inspired me. And that quote really inspired me because it was like, that's what I was doing my entire life basically was just like concentrating on other people and following their success. I didn't know what success was for me. And I wanted to um, prove to myself that I can achieve that. And I didn't really know who I was. I mean, I'm still trying to learn who I am. I'm only 36, but uh, you know, a whole life of trying to follow other people's successes. I mean, now I've, I've awakened to the fact that I can create my own success. I need to one, you need to learn who you are and what you like and your dislikes. And, you know, I've done that for the most part, but now I'm trying to uh, learn who I really am and, and who I am inside. Um, you know, I love podcasting. I love podcasters. Uh, I love your show and what you're trying to do. It's it's very similar to what I'm trying to do. And I always had this fascination with it as a, as a small kid, you know, with uh, the radio. I remember being in, in uh, Boy Scouts. We went to a local radio show. Uh, uh, station and i loved everything about it but I, I just wasn't in the cards for me because nobody around me did it really it was like um it was a, an idea it was a dream and now think about the times that we live in now like we're, we're able to communicate right now from across the country or wherever you're at i think you're in new jersey yeah and um you know it's just it's a crazy time to live and to be able to um live that dream and to do this and to be able to create a podcast with, with authors and inspiration, inspirational speakers and and just people that are doing amazing things like that. It's a dream come true and to be able to uh, put that episode together and um, create art by audio, right? Like it's all, it's artistic to me. So it's just, it's just something that I'm very passionate about.
1: How else has, I, I, I love that you use the word art and uh, artistic in this medium because it is every bit um, creative and artistic. How prior to this venture of yours has art shown its head in your life and world?
0: Mm, not really, not too much. I mean, blue, being blue collar, it was. Yeah. Uh, that's
1: that's why it, I'm asking. yeah, it. yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't really think that I was creative. I mean, my mother was creative. She's, she's very, uh, artistic. She can paint and she can draw. And I, I have some of her gift and in, in that I can think, uh, creatively. Uh, and, and like when I create my episodes, my art, uh, cover art and put the uh, show together, I mean, that you have to be creative in doing that. So I guess I get that from her, but being blue collar, it was always, um, you know, pay my union union dues and plan for the next vacation. It wasn't, wow. there, it was no, there was no creativity to it. It was just, on, it was cruise control. It was lifelong cruise control.
1: Did and, you think uh, that that was your, that was your full existence till eternity? Was there a point yeah, when you were like, hey, absolutely. this is all I'm able to do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they... Everybody, it's funny because a lot of people in my industry, it's like you ask them how they're doing. You know, hey, hey, Josh, how are you doing today? Oh man, I got 25 more years. It was basically, oh. basically, that's how you say hello. Uh, and a union job is basically, you know, you you start with how many years you have until retirement. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and that's not a, and that's it's a part of my message as well. Is like, don't live your life on cruise control. Don't live to, don't live for the next vacation. Don't live for the next weekend. Live for right now, the present. Be you know, be where your feet are.
1: How how does somebody who greets you with hello in the form of, I have 25 years to go, how do you begin the conversation with them or for them that allows them to see what you've been able to now see?
0: Mm, well first off it's kind of like i i want to shake them so i want to like shake them where they're at and i ask them why do they why do they immediately say that and a lot of them just it's just it's programmed it's like that. it's all they talk about it's like it, and it's not just in my industry but i see it sure. i see it everywhere it's like a lot of the blue collar jobs it, it's it's like you get to this point in your career where uh you're comfortable and it's like you you can't envision yourself doing anything else it's like what is it mass maslow's hierarchy of needs where you get that security at the very top and it's like once you get there you don't want to leave and you're dug in like a tick and you don't want to think about anything outside of that and um i want to shake them i want to say you you know how talented you really are like you know how creative you can possibly you know i didn't think i was creative and look what i'm doing now i didn't think that i could be doing this and hosting my own podcast and um a lot of my friends are the same way. Like some of these guys are brilliant. I mean, some of these guys could be stand-up comedians right now and, mm. and kill and crush. And then some of these guys can be engineers. Some of these guys can be whatever they want to be, but they they choose not to because they're comfortable. And it's like, man, mm. I just want to wake you up. And it and it's not really something that I can say that, to spark that fire inside of them. It's more so I have to lead by example and so when they see the things that i'm doing they see the things that i'm trying to create i'm hoping to spark that fire inside of them and hopefully they can awaken to um, their capabilities
1: what brought you from that life to this life was there a moment or a series of moments was it gradual? Was it one day? It was day? gradual.
0: It wasn't one day. I mean, I think that that big of a change isn't one day. I uh-huh. think it's a lot of little things. I think it's a, it's a snowball effect. It's kind of like things start adding up. My wife went to nursing school and she uh, she went back. She, we had children and that kind of sparked a little fire inside of me because I didn't think that, she, you know, I didn't I, I used to say I, I could never do that. And, um, you know, one day I was like, you know, why not me? You know, why, why can't I? So I started going back to school and-, and uh, this winter, if everything goes as planned, I'll graduate with my AA in business. And, um, you know, I want to go from there to a four year school and hopefully get my master's at one point. But that's just one of those limiting, you know, mindsets that I had, right? So I would look at people that are achieving things. And my first instinct was jealousy. It was just kind of like, you know, you look at guys, and everybody who's listening to this has experienced that, where they look at someone who's doing. Uh, big things or successful things and the first thing you feel is jealousy and it's like and and I had to stop doing that I'd look at myself in the the mirror and say like why are you jealous you're jealous because they're taking a chance they're going out and they're making themselves vulnerable and they're they're trying their best to be the best version of themselves like why aren't you doing this stop Mm. being stop being jealous and and you know challenge yourself
1: that's such a such a a big conversation. I love it, and it's great to hear somebody talk about it because I I have felt the same way. We like you said, we all have, and it 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 takes it takes a little bit of um, I don't know the word strength, effort, security, whatever to be able to say, okay, I am I am very jealous, and now instead of just continuing down that path and lashing out, which does you no good. Let me, let me do a little more good and figure out why, because certainly it's triggering something, uh, a sense of lack within you, right? That Mm -hmm. you see and you're like, well, why? Right. Because for me, I saw it and I, I couldn't get past it because as you said, I wanted to be doing it. And I was so frustrated with myself that that's the way it, it comes out.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you have to be completely vulnerable. You have to be totally transparent with yourself, and that's like one of my—that's like one of my biggest messages—is uh, being vulnerable. Like I had to—I was even when I started with the podcast, I would like create um, like a script and try to read from that, and and I and I would cringe when I would hear myself stutter or say um or or mess up, and I would be like, ah, oh, it's not perfect. And then it started as the podcast started getting. Bigger and the audience, uh, the following started getting bigger, and um, it wasn't happening because of the script. It was happen- It was happening because I was being myself. I was letting myself fail. I was letting myself look weak, and I was being vulnerable uh, in the interviews. I was being vulnerable in the episode, and people attracted to that or were attracted to that. They were they were seeing the real real me, and I think if people apply vulnerability vulnerability to their own lives and be completely transparent with people in their lives, like you'll see that as well. You'll see people start flocking towards you more and want to be around that because nobody likes a a mask, right? Nobody likes likes a a barrier that's not you.
1: Absolutely. That's that's how I lived all my life. Take us back um, to your upbringing. Paint the picture for us. What was life like growing up for Trey Downs?
0: Mm, trade downs. Well, you know, I was a follower uh, most of my life, um, and I'm being totally transparent there. It's not easy to say. It's not easy to, to no. admit your weaknesses. Um, yeah. a small rural town, Laurel, Delaware, uh, and it was, uh, you know, my life revolved around sports. Um, you know, my, my dad worked a lot. He was a blue-collar worker as well. He uh, traveled a lot. My, my, my mom was an RN, and, um, you know, they, they worked their butts off to give us the best uh, life that we could have. And I'm forever, you know, forever grateful for that. And I uh, will for, forever, um, you know, be in debt to them. But Why is that know,
1: because they instilled that work ethic?
0: Yeah, that work ethic in me that, um, you know, if you want good things, you have to work for it. And my mom would always say to me, you know, you know, that there's moms saying, you know, don't, you know, what is it work? Don't make work. Be work, be you know make work something that you love to do, and I just never really thought about that, and I was just like you know to me, work, I hated work I, because everything where I come from was like physical labor, right mm-hmm. so we, my grandfather had a farm, we would go out there in, in the summer and hundred degree days, and it was a chicken farm, so it had chicken houses and watermelons and all that good stuff, and it was like I hated that it wasn 't because I was lazy it was just i wasn 't into that it was just something that you know. I am a millennial, so maybe that has something to do with it, but it's just like, you know, when you're out there in hundred degree weather, you know, picking watermelons that are 50 pounds plus, like that is not fun. And, you know, the one thing that I learned from that was you better get your education because if not, you're going to be out here for the rest of your life. And uh, so I, I, again, in school, I wasn't the best student, but I fell back on my athletics and that got me through high school, and then into college. And, um, you know, the work ethic never left me though, but I applied it to to the wrong things. I'm not saying that sports is wrong, but I I wasn't going to be pro. So I I focused my work ethic on that. And when I started not, you know, when I started realizing that I wasn't going to go to college, then I was kind of like, you know, as far as play sports, then I kind of got lost um, because I wasn't putting my work ethic towards school. I just, I just you know, I I came from a small small town. I came from a small school, and I go to the University of Delaware, where each class you're known by your social security uh, number, and or your student number, and they have TAs. I didn't know what a TA was, and you're submitting your homework and and projects to them, and it just was a big. It was just a big transition for me. It was like too big, so I, oh. I got I got discouraged and there wasn't anybody left for me to follow, you know, back then we didn't have cell phones like we do now. So we could, you know, once you left high school, I mean, that was it. Like your friends were gone. Like you didn't really keep up with them. You didn't have the, you know, you had a little bit of AOL messenger, but you didn't, I didn't have very much of that. Um, So again, I was, I couldn't, I couldn't put myself up against someone else and see their successes. I didn't know what that was. I was lost. And it wasn't until I transferred to Salisbury University uh, where I I, I kind of changed mindsets and um, decided that it wasn't for me, college wasn't for me, that, that I was going to follow my father's footsteps. And that's what I did.
1: You've used the word follower a lot in that story, which is um, certainly significant. What kind of, um, how would you have defined yourself as a as a person, though, aside from the follower, were, you know, um, emotionally speaking, were you, were you confident or were you just, you know, sort of trying to find your way? Were you lost? What was the overriding emotion through all that following?
0: I was, I was very cocky back then. I was, um, you know, you know, that, that typical, um, I guess, um, jock mindset, Um I thought that I was cool after or after high school, and it just it just i don 't know it 's just a small town like um, you know you wear your your varsity jacket everywhere you go after you know college and it 's just like it just wasn 't like i mean if you 've envisioned like you know uh, football in Texas, something similar to that like sports and where I come from or everything so it 's just like that 's who you are that 's you 're identified as and once I got out of that, I mean, I just had a lot of growing up to do. I had a lot of growing up to do. I, I would say that I was, I was lost, and it's, it's all part of the process. It's all a part of um, growing. It's all a part of that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Like I've never really even thought about that. Like uh, this is the first time that I've actually like gone back down memory lane and really, really thought about my mindset mentally. It was just like, again, it was just trying to find my way one step at a time. And I, I definitely was scared to be alone. I, um, I put a lot of stock in relationships, uh, especially like girlfriend relationships. It was, it seemed like if I, I was afraid to be alone in the sense that if I was alone, then I didn't know where to go. Right. So like, again, using like whoever I was with at the time, their goals, their, uh, their successes and try to mimic that a little bit. if That makes sense.
1: Yeah. When you were following, did you have anyone specific that you were following or was it just anybody? Did you have a mentor? Did you have coaches? Did you have someone to look up to? Or were you just in the following position, hoping for something to happen at some point?
0: I think I was more so in the in the following position. It was just like, I was just like, I, I'm naturally like that lone guy. Like I'm just naturally a loner, like the one man wolf pack. <laughs> um, but I just didn't have that mentor. I didn't have a mentor where I come from masterminds and mentors don't exist. It's like you have your family and that's it, right? Like, so if they have a limited belief system, if they have this, you know, that small world thinking, then you're going to have that. And it's hard to break out of. Um, not saying that mine, mine was like that, but it, it just seemed like I was living in a bubble down there. And it was like, this is what our world is. And there's nothing outside of that. And then once I was able to move to like DC and Baltimore area where I started learning more about the world around me and and learning what the world is really like and, and finding out who I truly was is when I started to break that belief system.
1: Who did you start to see who you truly were? Who, who did you become? Who was that person that you're like, Oh my God, look, what's been dormant here. What started coming up?
0: Um, when I got married, man, um, I became, when I became a father for the first time, um, I, I know you, 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 you probably experienced this too. Um, when you finally see your, your baby there and it's time for you to step up as a man and, um, and grow up, that's when I really did like a self check, like really, who am I, what, what value system do I want to instill on in this person? Who do, who do I want to help mold them to be? Um, and that's when I guess that's really what started my trajectory change like that. It's like this boulder concept, right? You see this boulder rolling down the hill towards a house and you want to change its trajectory. Like you can't just immediately go up there and push it out of the way. You have to go up and run beside it and just keep tapping it and tapping it and tapping it and tapping it. And that's what started happening to me. It was like, I think that was the initial step for me. And then now I'm where I'm at today. I look back and I'm like, who was I even back then? Right. So like I've never been more secure in who I am today than I have in my entire life
1: what a great analogy with the boulder. You just got to keep tapping. That's fantastic analogy. I love that. So now you focus on leadership. How do you, how do you see leadership? What is your take on it? What are you doing with it?
0: So I've created this leadership course. Well, I'm still creating it. Um, I am a, I guess a trial by fire leader. So I never really had anybody again, uh, tell me what a leader should be or what they look like. I, you know, my grandfather, uh, was a, was a big, um, I guess, key player for me in this and in my vision of a leader, because he, I'm a third generation railroader and he was like a a boss at at the, at the time in his career where, um, I guess John Wayne was, was big and he mimicked his, you know, his philosophy on leadership from him and his movies. So immediately when I get into the industry, the same industry that he was in, he was a legend, right? He like, he was just like that John Wayne, John Wayne character. So I thought that that's how a leader was supposed to be. Like I thought it was a strong silent type. So I would mimic that. And I burn a lot of bridges. I burn a lot of bridges coming up into my leadership role. Um, and I've learned a lot of my, um, uh, I guess my, my core values as a leader are definitely different than that. And I had to mend those bridges and it's been hard. It's been really hard. So I have five pillars that I believe in and I'll just run through them real quick. It's uh sure. accountability, communication, motivation, mindset and systems. And every single one of them have a subsystem to them. And I kind of, in, in my course, go over each one of them, like delegation, um, self mastery, vulnerability is a big one. Um, Sightline management. Ah, I hate that word, but it is—it's it, what we see more so nowadays. Where a lot of the bosses think that if you're not in your office working, you're not working. And I'm trying to get rid of that. And and I think a good leader has a system in place to to kind of check in on their employees, but not necessarily like every day, all the time. It's more so like that, that that's where our systems come into place. It's like, it's, let's say Josh, you're one of my employees, and you're working on a project that's six weeks long. Like each week I would have a, uh, uh, like a weekly meeting with all my team and we would just check in and see where you're at in the, in the process. And if you're not necessarily meeting those timelines, then I guess we would step back a little bit and I would go into my secondary system where I would start having one-on-ones with you and and giving you honest, transparent feedback about what you're, what you're up to and what you're doing. And if you're meeting my standards or not, it's just, I think it's just being more scientific with leadership. If That makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. How does forgiveness play into this whole process?
0: Mm, well, forgiveness is, is huge for me. Uh, I've seen it uh, in, my personal, in my personal life and, and professional. I find that we tend to throw away a lot of relationships and for little silly things, right? So I know the family dynamic sometimes can be hard, but I feel like forgiveness we just have to forgive like if, if something if somebody has done something wrong to you like I just believe that everyone deserves to be loved and you might not know necessarily what they're going through or what they're dealing with so they might do something to you um, you know that they don't know about and then you're holding on to this resentment and you 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 throw away that relationship for something dumb and for, for lack of a better word or for I know the family dynamic is huge like It's your family though. Right. And it's a little bit harder to break down and unpack that, but I just feel like you have to forgive because we're only, we're not even promised a a certain time on this earth. And I I feel like, I don't know. I look at my kids and they're a big, uh, you know, my biggest inspiration for forgiveness because I look at them and I, and I know I have family members that, you know, we've, we've had troubles with in the past and it's like, do I want them to grow up not knowing this person just because of an argument that we've had back in 1993? It's just why, I know, because it's not fair to my kids. You know, they see pictures of, of family members in our albums and they want to know who they are. They want to know their history. I think we lose our history when we don't forgive.
1: Yeah, and really we're forgiving for us, right? Not mm-hmm. for the other person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're doing it for yourself. Like, like Nelson Mandela, right? Like his whole story where he was locked up uh, in South Africa by racists. And when he got let loose, he said, you know, he invited it, to, he invited them to dinner at, at his, uh, at his house. And was basically like, you know, if, if I didn't forgive them, I would still be in the prison. Right. So you're doing it for yourself and, and letting your, you're letting your soul uh, become free.
1: Yeah, and, and I know we're acknowledging it's not easy, but you have to find the path. You have to find the way for yourself. Um, maybe it's your ego getting in the way. Maybe you you think you're justified, but but find an out right for your own sake, sanity, and benefit.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you uh, more. I mean, it's just if not if not for yourself, I mean, think about it for your kids. I mean, mm. to hold to hold on to something like that ne- negative energy just wears on you every day. And I feel like the, to show up as the best version of a father, as a mother, as a spouse or a husband, you have to let go of a lot of that negative, en- negative energy. And I know it seems like it's easier to hold on to these grudges, but I'm telling you right now, like you want to, you want to let go of that ball and chain, forgive.
1: Yeah, completely, man. Absolutely. Completely. The hidden entrepreneur brand was founded on the idea that I spent my life hiding uh, all of my power, all of my ability in exchange for seeking approval. Can you share a time with us where you found yourself hiding behind fear, but you knew you had to work right through it?
0: Mm, that's such a good question. That is a great, I love that. Um, hiding behind fear. I think when I, when I first started the podcast, I was hiding behind fear. I was hiding behind uh, this idea of what I had to be as a host—I had to—I was hiding behind the idea that I had to be like John Lee Dumas, yeah, and, and uh, you know, have a set of questions every episode and, and meet the criteria and, and be this certain certain host. And uh, the fear was letting other people see me for who I was, you know, and, and letting you know, putting my episodes on Facebook and worrying about who's going to hear this and who, what what are they going to think of me and. um are they going to accept this or not? And then finally being able to say, I don't care. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. I'm helping other people hear my interviews and they're going to get inspiration from my guests and and hopefully from my advice. And I don't care what other people think. I'm just going to be me and whether or not I stutter or whether or not I mess up on a question or a phrase or a word, I don't care. The, the, The part of it is, is that, that, Energy that you receive from our conversation that's going to help you change your momentum in life. That's what I'm that's what I want
1: So many people get caught up in that thinking well It's got to be perfect and I can't put myself out there for one reason or another or if i'm doing this podcast I can't stutter or mess up or say ah, but you listen to you listen to all the greats They're not completely polished. That's not what it's about. You'll hear them say oh every every all of them say it It's there uh, so we use that as an excuse to remain where we are excuses, excuses, excuses. That's all we do.
0: Absolutely. I think, um, we're, we're just, we're just, <laughs> we were, we want success so bad that we're just, we're scared to put ourselves out there because of the failure. Um, if we don't get it right. Like that, that failure of, um, the fear of failing, failing limits us, uh, for the, you know, for the success that we want. And I I just, screw uh, it, screw it, man. I I, I just say, screw it. Let's just put yourself out there and let it be.
1: But so many people will not even take the steps. They'll still study. They'll still train. They'll still tinker. They'll say, well, I got to get this right first. I got to do these three things first and never take the step because they are fearful to make the move.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, you still got to practice. You still got to put it in the work. You still got to take the action. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to get famous after your 10th podcast, Um, but you have to, you know, it's, it's all a process. You have to continue working day in and day out.
1: Yeah. And this is applicable to no matter what we're talking about um, in your, in your pursuit of life, looking back on a younger version of yourself, what conversation would you have with that person?
0: Mm, man, that would be a a long conversation uh i w- I would say one thing would be to be patient don't rush things don't be scared and be by yourself like don't be scared mm-hmm. to explore like take the time to learn who you are, travel, find out what you really dislike and like, know who you are from the inside out like find who find your heart and what and, and what that looks like like and, and and don't pretend to be something that you're not. I think that uh, I know a lot of um, people can agree when we're younger, we, we want to fit in, right? Like our brains wired to be part of the tribe. And I, I feel like I would tell myself, don't worry about being the loner. Don't, you know, go do everything from poetry to whatever, you know, pick up an instrument, do something, just go explore who you are and, and travel the world and, just have some adventure.
1: You believe everything happens for a reason?
0: I 100% do. I mean, I, I can't believe that I'm still here right now. Like all, after all the mistakes that I made in my life and after all the, you know, um, just crazy to think that I'm here talking to you, hanging out, right. And, and having a podcast, I think that someone above is definitely watching out for me. I'm totally blessed. And I, and I believe that, um, you know, um, I believe that, we're all here for, for a reason and that we're, we're being helped. And I believe that, um, I know it's getting a little woohoo, but it's just part of my, that's part of my self mastery too. Like I'm trying to be more open-minded and and more spiritual because I grew up Catholic. So it's like, um, I'm trying to be more spiritual and read different books and I'm I'm learning about energy and and the law of attraction. And, um, I, I feel like, definitely somebody was looking out for me. There's been numerous times in my life where I've had near death experiences and some, some, if it just feels like somebody was just helping me out in that moment. And I definitely believe things happen for a reason.
1: Can you share one of those experiences with us?
0: Yeah, sure. So there's this one time I was at this uh, house party and um, of course my buddy just gets a, a brand new motorcycle, like a crotch mm. rock, crotch rocket. So of course, you know, me, I have to go out and try it. I don't have my, my I don't have my motorcycles license or anything. I didn't even have, even have a helmet on. So I go out down this highway. Um, it's like a two lane highway. Uh, people that have been to Delaware beaches know what I'm talking about. It's like the, the long it's, I think it's, it's, uh, it's like route 113 where it's two lane highway one in each direction. And uh, I'm riding and I, and I go down the street and I come back and I have my blinker on and I'm just sitting there tur- turning. And next thing you know, I hear this screeching of the tires and I turn my head and there's a car beside me that is doing like a 360 spin and they flip me and they go into the ditch. I mean, I could have been taken out, like I could have been taken out right then and there with no helmet on or anything. And I, that, that would have been it for me. Um, luckily for me, uh, they saw me at the last minute and were, were able to swerve. They, they did wreck their car and total it, but they were okay. They're fine. But, um, I mean, in that instance right there, like, I mean, something had to have, like, you know, I didn't have any, you know, I don't know if the back brake light was on or not. I, I didn't have anything reflective on either. So it wasn't like they could see me very well. Um, but that's just an instance where I could have been taken wow. out, you know, like something, somebody was watching over me that night for sure.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Um, what do you believe happens when it's all over when our time here on earth comes to an end? Mm,
0: So I've been learning a lot about this and I feel like, so I have this new belief system, right? Like I don't, I I believe that there is a heaven. I believe that, um, there is no hell per se. I I feel like hell is uh, a place that you go when you, when you don't want to go to heaven, like, right. So I've been, I've been reading some books on, uh, uh, the, pro- the whole entire process. So, um, what is it? The, the Zen master Zen, what is it? The Zen garden of the afterworld or something like that. Um, I have to find, I have a huge library library behind me, but, um, I feel like they're like, we are all spirits here and we have a higher soul and the the soul wants to get as many earthly experiences as possible. So when we die, we go up to the soul and we transfer those, those uh, experiences over to that. And then we come back you know, as something else. Like I, I really do believe in that. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like, and I've also read um a, a ton of near death experiences. Um, there it sounds kind of weird, but I, I'm fat. You know, I'm fascinated with that. Like just hearing some of these stories where. It's like everybody's the same. Like everybody's, I not idea, but experience is the same. Where once they pass away or they flatline or whatever, they they f- the first thing they feel is this like love and this and this tranquility and this and this this I don't know what how else to explain it. Like they go into some some place outside of themselves, and the, and the first time they they experience this, they don't you know they don't know what's going on, but they feel home, and they go there. And some people will experience Jesus and some people won't. They'll just experience, um, uh, like other souls being there and then, then they'll transcend and wherever they're trying to go to the next level. But like, I, I just feel like, uh, I just feel like we're, we're trying to like, we're all a part of this energy and whatever that energy is, wherever it's at, like we're trying to get back to that. And, we take these life experiences with us, and that's how we learn as souls. So, I mean, it's kind of weird, but it's like I don't know. I'm trying to be more open-minded to to religion and, and spirituality.
1: Is that a change from your upbringing?
0: Yeah. So I was, you know, I, I am a Catholic. So it's you know, you know how I don't know if you're Catholic or not, but it's very Catholic. Being Catholic is is very traditional, right? So it's very you have to do something for every part of the mass. And it's, and it's like that every Sunday. And it's like, you know, that to me is just like, I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe because that man has written this mass that, that this is the right way to be. And it's kind of like, you know, we all have, a, you know, essentially all the religions have the same, same angle, right. It's like to go to heaven. Right. So I, I believe that not one religion is, is, the true religion i i believe that love is is the truest form of that right i, I believe that forgiveness and love is just the truest religion that we're we're, we're going to get like i don't think the the bible's wrong i just think that um there's a lot of parts in it that that i don't know i i kind of question it a little bit right like i mean it's so old and there's so many different copies of it and so many different uh um forms of that and it's just kind of like man just I don't know I'm just like Mm. I've been I'm just been exploring and trying to be open-minded to new you know experiences with that
1: looking at everything we've spoken about today wrap this up what is the what is the message we're talking about what have we been offering the listeners what are we saying here today
0: I think what we're saying is that you are the key to your own success, that self mastery is your freedom to, is your key to freedom. Um, Self mastery is an education and knowledge is going to help you. It's going to help you free yourself from whatever, you know, whatever prison that you're in, whether that be a, you know, a 30 year career where you feel like you're stuck in on cruise control uh, or if you're, um, lost and trying to find yourself it's it's that knowledge and that self mastery that self exploration that's going to help you achieve that success that you want to obtain
1: Hmm. i will leave you with this final question trey downs how would you like to be remembered
0: Man, as many times as I thought about this question, I, I still don't know how to answer. It. I think I want to be remembered as that 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 guy who wasn't scared to take chances. I feel like even though it wasn't the right chance, that at least I had the um I didn't have the fear, you know, I didn't let fear hold me back to try at least try it out and see if it worked. I mean, you know, what this is life, right? Life is taking a bunch of chances and learning from that experience and, and trying to be successful, whatever that it that it looks like to you. And I think that Um, if you let fear hold you back I mean you're never really going to experience life
1: absolutely beautiful there you go incredible extraordinary on every level thank you sir for coming on opening up and joining us in this way today thank
0: you Josh man man, this has been awesome Um, you've been a great host I've been taking notes over here and uh, I can't wait to apply your methods and questions to my show brother thank you so much
1: I'm so glad we're connected. I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, I'm a fan now. We're uh, we're going to stay in touch. And I want to thank you again. I want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, wherever you're catching this, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave me uh, a review. I love reading your thoughts. We're going to have another episode for you not too far behind